This is Fresh Matters, and I am Papa Kwesi Endong. It is important that the size of government in Ghana is reduced significantly for the benefit of everybody. And if you're listening to this podcast, let me just tell you straight away, this has nothing to do with politics. This has absolutely nothing to do with politics. It has everything to do with the prosperity of the citizens of the Republic of Ghana. And if we want to have any chance to get out of the difficulties and challenges that we have, there needs to be a signal that there is going to be change. And part of that signal, a significant part of it, should be a good effort to reduce the size of government. And when I say reduce the size of government, I'm, I'm not just talking about the administration, that is the cabinet, but the cabinet is a good beginning, a good place to begin this reduction. Reducing the size and the costs of administering the affairs of the country. There's nothing that's going to be an easy thing to do, be a difficult thing to do. The talk about reducing the size of government, it happened during the Rawlings administration. It happened during the Kufour administration, and then the Mills administration, and the Mahama administration, and now the Akufuado administration. So it is nothing new. It's nothing new. Except that where we find ourselves, this has become, and it is, an important matter that if addressed and addressed well, will make a huge difference in the country. I talked about this years ago, and especially during the 2016 campaign where I contested election to become the president of the republic. Obviously, I didn't succeed. I failed. The people didn't believe that, that they should vote for me. Some of them, unfortunately, felt that, well, if they didn't like candidate A, um, and they voted for me and didn't vote for candidate B, then candidate A may win or candidate B may win. That's the one. So they voted against somebody, not necessarily for someone, but in any case, whatever be the matter that happened, I didn't win. But I still have my ideas. And these ideas, I believe, are still very, very relevant. And that's why I talk about them. And so 
perception that has been created by a number of different people that you go to government to do some taking, to chop some, and to get what had been denied you. Well, all at the expense of the nation, it will not work. But if it is not for going to take, if, if people are in an administration also as a reward for being part of a political party, but not necessarily because we need them, that's another problem. It's a different problem, but is a problem in any case. So whatever be the realities associated with people getting into government, related to having so many people there, we've got to cut that matter out, reduce the size of government in, this in the administration. And, and, and as a former minister, I know the realities associated with being a minister in Ghana on the difficult economic circumstances. Because it isn't true that everybody goes into government to enjoy or to do chop-chop. Not everybody goes there to do that. Some go there to work from different political parties. So not everybody is there to do, to take, to chop, to become an expense. But you know, the difficult economic circumstances make that perception become bigger and bigger and bigger. And sometimes it's bloat, it, it, it gets so bloated that where we are today, no matter what anybody says, any difficulty, any challenge we face is gonna be placed at the doorstep of some two or three or four different issues. One of them being the size and the costs of the administration. So it is will be good for us to take a firm and real real, very real step towards trimming the size of government and reduce the cost at the top to set the tone for an effective restructuring of the public services in the country. This, when it is done, will engender confidence in government and promote better service delivery. So what am I suggesting? that the cabinet, that the president's cabinet, any, any, any administration, not just this present one, should be limited to 14, one, four ministries. And by way of comparison, in the United States, there are 24 members of the cabinet, including the vice president. 15 department heads, and nine cabinet-level members, all of whom, except two, would receive confirmation from the Senate. From the Senate. And these people, they are the ones, they are the ones who form the official advisory body to the President of the United States.
I'm going to make a point here very quickly. But first, let me tell you the 14 ministries that I'm talking about. Finance, public service, foreign affairs, transportation, including road, road, railways, and aviation, defense, health, education, trade, human services, which would include labor, social welfare, employment, and youth affairs, agriculture, public works, including water and housing, energy, interior, and justice. Justice. Justice, in my view, should exclude the office of the Attorney General, which should be made an autonomous public service entity to fight corruption effectively in the system, both public and private corruption. I'm not just talking about public sector corruption as many people do. So in total, out of these 14 ministries and the regions and all of that, I suggest that we do not have, we shouldn't have any more than 40 ministers, including deputies. Now, how do you make that happen? You make that happen by strengthening public services and the civil service with these permanent secretaries, now chief directors, who will be required to do more to ensure the effective administration of their ministries. And who, because they are permanent and they are there, that they would be able to pass on the history of every ministry from one minister to another, from one administration to another. You know, one of the things that makes the big government ineffective and doesn't work is that you see, as, as I've said before, I've been a minister before, I've been a cabinet level minister before, and so I've attended cabinet meetings. So cabinet meetings in Ghana sometimes becomes a sort of a noisy affair and doesn't allow for the cabinet ministers to become advisors to the president. Why do I say so? So you go to a cabinet, cabinet meeting and it's not just cabinet ministers who are there. The other ministers are there. Sometimes some deputy ministers are there. And then you have party people. Sometimes the party chairman, the party general secretary, they are there. Certain other people too are there. And you wonder why are all of these people packed into what is supposed to be a cabinet meeting, a meeting of the president with his advisors. So it, it makes it difficult to take decisions efficiently and without considering all sorts of emotional or political or some other matter that, that, that or consideration that shouldn't be there. And then there are people who are following and wanting to know what decision is being made. What did they decide? Because they're looking for something in government, something there. So 
I'm not just talking about reducing the numbers to 14 ministries and to 40 ministers. I'm also saying reduce the number of people that are brought into the decision-making process. Reduce the number of advisors. And then within the presidency, within the office of the vice president, reduce the numbers. Reduce the numbers. Now we have offices for the first lady, the second lady, and so on and so forth. Must everybody sit there and feed on the state? How we make this, this decision to reduce the size and increase the level of efficiency for decision-making, running the affairs of the state, that is what is going to decide how far we go as a nation to increase the level of prosperity for all citizens without regard to where you come from, which political party you belong to, which religion, which religion you are a member of. I'm going to make this short. This is what I'm talking about. Let's do it. And let's do something positive for ourselves. This has been Fresh Matters. And I am Papa Kwesi Endome.